just open your heart and your Bible, get ready to receive. Amen. I'm ready, so you get ready, get ready, get ready. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Sister Virginia, I'm going to agree with you and the ladies right now that we take authority, and I can do that as a leader of this house. We take authority over any spirits that would come to attack our people or this ministry, this church, God's powerhouse, or even on the parking lot. You know, when God's moving, people can get touched just by pulling on the parking lot. I had people, I'd gone to Nigeria and gotten a real touch from God, came back. People started stopping and coming in from Haiti, from Honduras, from the city of Miami. I mean, they were just coming and saying, God told me to come and have the man of God in this house pray for me. And so, you know, I would grab their hand and pray for them, and boom, I mean, the power of God would hit them. If they're in my office, they fell out of their chairs. I mean, as in the parking lot, I had to make sure they didn't fall on the asphalt. But, you know, when God is doing something powerful, it's not any phony baloney. And as far as catching people, if the Holy Ghost is in it, they wouldn't get hurt. But some people are like the NBA players that try to do what they call drawing a charge. And so they act like they got hit and they fall down. Well, sometimes people <laughs> have acted like the power of God hit them and they kind of look before they fell, <laughs> you know. And sometimes that's what I call the phony baloney. You know, when it's not really the power of God, sometimes they fall and they, they could get hurt, you know, so... Uh, we just want to be careful that God is good. I said I didn't have any notes. I just jotted down my scriptures and all, but I got them here. Just, and this Friday, my wife reminded me, uh, Zach has put together a team, a worship team from various churches that get together once every three months, and it's called Fresh Water. And they're musicians and singers from all different churches and they host a worship service down in the historic Rogers Theater. What time is that? Seven o'clock. That's a Friday night at seven. So you can go drink in the presence of God that's there, enjoy the unity of the spirit and then you can go out and eat with somebody after and have a good fellowship. But Let's go ahead. I'm talking about bewaring of contamination. How many know you can get contamination? This whole thing about COVID, everybody would wear these masks. And they were trying to not let contamination come in. A lot of times I think they contaminated themselves by wearing a mask too often or maybe the same mask. I think that was uh, an issue. But now it's seems like it's kind of gone away as far as all that mask wearing and everything. I think some people should put the mask back on. But, you know, I'm just joking. That's for you to laugh, have a ha-ha moment. Uh, that's what we call putting a little bit of, uh, you know, a uh, little bit of juice when you go get surgery, you know. It's trying to inoculate you with a little bit of something so that when I tell you the truth, it won't hurt when we apply 
surgery to you this morning. Uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and look at Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 1. And I'm going to read off the screen. I could read it here, but I'd have to get close. It says, Dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. So does a little folly to one who res respected for wisdom and honor. Even people that have a lot of experience, knowledge, and wisdom can trip up and mess themselves up by a little bit of folly, you know. And they become contaminated, Eddie. They are, the perfumer's ointment gets contaminated. You know, you, if you got something that doesn't smell so good, have you ever gotten something at the salad bar and it looks so good and then you got back to your seat and you put a fork in a tomato and you put it in your mouth and it's just a little too soft? It didn't taste good. Well, that's kind of how it is. Just one little thing can contaminate something that's very good and powerful. And also... You know, it can be, like the scripture it says, a little leaven leaveneth the whole loaf. You just put a little bit of yeast in there with the flour, and that bread will rise. It becomes bread. You stick it in the oven, it cooks, because that yeast made it rise. Well, that's kind of like it didn't take much. I remember learning to bake bread and boys' home ec. They called it contemporary living, so we would sign up. You know, if it said home ec, there was no way I was signing up for it. But it said contemporary living, that's me right there. Because we got to bake bread, we got to bake cookies, we learned how to sew a button on your shirt, and besides that, you know, we had a lot of fun. Our little teacher, she is a little short lady named Wyatt, was her last name. It was Dutch Wyatt's uh, wife, and and she got a kick out of it. Her husband was a football coach for years, and a lot of us were athletes. So she knew how to talk to us. But it was fun baking bread and baking cookies, you know, and you put the eggs in the cookies and something similar happens. But anyway, you can get a little bit of contamination on the anointing, and it can cause you to have whatever's on that. Amen? You know, uh, it's a, a variety of things. You know, you, I remember I got pink eye. I was an administrator out here at the Christian school. And I had 220 students. Well, I'd go around. I'd knock, open the door, check on the classrooms, you know, close the door. Well, we started getting these little kids that would get pink eye. And you know what? They must not clean that doorknob good enough. And I went home one day and my eye began to itch and water, and it got pink and red around the edge of it, and then it got in the other one. It was like a double slammer, I'm telling you. And I had pink eye in both eyes. And I tell you what, I had to stay home. I went to the doctor, tried to get some ointment, tried to get rid of it. I couldn't go to school myself for two or three days because it was so bad. And I was laying down on the couch, just knocked out, and I felt something so nice and warm. And I opened my eyes, and it was my cocker spaniel licking my face. And he was trying to lick that medicine right off my eye. Because, you know, dogs, 
Animals are really bad. They will eat stuff on the ground. My goodness. I won't even get into it. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, as cute as they are, they're disgusting sometimes. They do some crazy stuff. And uh, Anyway, we had a great trip, and I saw somebody that we weren't in good relationship. And he come up and hugged my neck and told me he was sorry and apologized for something that he had said to me and about me. That was not right. It wasn't truthful. It wasn't accurate. And he did it sincerely, and I hugged his neck and told him it's okay. I accept your apology. And something broke, you know, uh, and, and it became a festive celebration with people. And uh, we had a good time. I felt a lightness in the atmosphere. And I've been joyful ever since. There isn't anything greater than being able to tell somebody, that's okay, I forgive you. You know, if you can tell somebody you forgive them, then it releases a power to them and in you. And so this contamination that tries to come, it's just like that. It's when somebody says something and it gets on you and then you feel bad. Sometimes the devil will use somebody to try to rob you of joy, peace, confidence, or feel like you can even love. And so when that happens, you know, you, you, sometimes you don't know what to do. If it's out of your power or away from you and you can't get to that person to really talk to them, well, we try on the telephone sometimes that there's nothing like a face-to-face -face meeting where all is forgiven. And so when you say, I forgive you, it's a wonderful thing that transpires. And right now, I want you to just think of somebody that maybe has wronged you, spoken wrongly about you, or spoken wrongly to you, or done something that would harm you in some way. And I want you to just get them in your mind right now. And let's all say this together. Lord, I forgive. They will have no power over me because I release them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now take a deep breath and just let it out. Isn't that good? Man, sometimes I'll take a big drink of tea and I'll look at my grandkids and I'll go, and so then they drink a little and they go, ah. Just because I did it, they do it. But that's good. If you role model something to them, then they learn the good stuff too. Now over in Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27, I've preached this scripture many times, but I want to reread it today. It says, it shall come to pass in that day. Now when is that day? Is it your day today? Is that day next week? Is it going to be in the women's conference? I'll tell you, man, you come at night. Dr. Dawson has a tremendous anointing, and it will be a blessing if she lays hands and prays for you. She is a missionary to China. She's been in the middle of a lot of mighty moves of God. She's been around 
Randy Clark's ministry in Toronto, blessing all these places, and she understands the history of revival. And she's going to be a great blessing if you come. And so you enjoy it. But is it going to be that day? Or is it going to be during our conference? Is that going to be your day? Well, why wait? Why don't you let it be today if possible? But it says that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. How many knows that you have sinned before? If you don't raise your hand, you're a liar. Anybody born into this world has sinned. Some, and sometimes you say, well, he was a real sinner, or she really knew how to sin. Well, I tell you what, no matter what sin it is, whatever the action was, the trespass, it's all against God. Amen? And sometimes against yourself or against others. And so, you know, God doesn't really value sins. What happens is the levity or the level of sin causes different consequences. You know, so if you have a certain kind of sin, there may be a different kind of consequence to it, you see. So, uh, you know, it depends on what it is that you did. You know, if you tell a little white lie, that's still sin. The Bible says liars will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you know what? If you lied, you need to get down on your knees or stand before the Lord and just tell Him, I'm sorry that I lied. Forgive me, Lord. Extend your forgiveness to me by your grace and mercy. Because we all need grace and mercy every day. But now something else may have a higher level of consequence to it. If you shoot somebody out of anger and they were defenseless, you're probably going to prison for murder. Well, see, the consequences are God still sees it as sin. If you said, I'm really sincerely sorry, would you forgive me, Lord? He forgives you immediately. But the law is still going to have a trial, and his family may not forgive you as quickly or at all. So then you're going to go through the trial. If they convict you and send you away, you'll be gone for life maybe. Or maybe you'll go to the, the uh, death chamber or electric chair or the, take the jab or whatever way they do it nowadays. But, you know, the level sometimes is greater the consequence. But the forgiveness is still the same. He forgives you no matter what it is that you have done. So the anointing, see what he's saying here, that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. That burden is the burden of sin. Jesus became the propitiation, is what the word says in Philippians, for us. That means he became the sin substitute for us. He took our sin on himself, and he allowed us to be free of it. So he took the burden off of our shoulder and his yoke from your neck. Now that's interesting to me. Richard Jones gave some posters to people that gave uh, $50 or more in an offering on a Wednesday night. I got one in my office, and it shows, man, it's so graphic. He's the one that did all these banners, and, and it's a beautiful poster. It shows the foot of Jesus like this, on the, and the, it shows a snake 
with a spike in his head, and the heel has a nail scar in the bottom of the foot. Because, you know, he put his foot on the head or the neck of the devil. He has destroyed the enemy. He is under his feet. So guess what you are? Are you a child of God? You're born again? Somebody say amen if you are. You are born again. Then the devil is under your foot. If you're born again and you're living for him, you can say, all right, devil, you're under the feet of Jesus. Jesus lives in me by the Holy Ghost. And so you're under my feet. And I keep you there. I'm not going to be enticed to get into a circumstance that will cause you to have some kind of power over me. So he says, and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil, or the perfumer's ointment, you could say. Because original anointing oil had all kinds of ingredients, and you go to Israel, I got some in my office, and you smell it, and it smells like perfume. It's not straight olive oil. It's got ingredients, special ingredients in it. That ox back there, at the very top, it has a styrofoam a yoke that shows what it is like for an ox that pulls a load. It's got chains hanging down. When he did that banner, you know, he showed the ox, and the ox pulls a load. It has to pull whatever because that yoke is on its neck. That's what they would do to animals. They would put a yoke on their neck, and then they're forced to pull this load. Well, the devil tries to put a yoke on your neck, whether it be whatever. If you're doing something illegal, you're doing something immoral, or you're doing drugs, or you're a drunkard, you know, whatever, you got a yoke on you. But God doesn't want you to keep a yoke on you. He wants to destroy it. And the anointing represents the ability to destroy that yoke. And that word destroy means, it says it right there, the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The anointing oil represents the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that comes in when you become born again, that lives in you. There's really no possibility or way that you can remain under a yoke if the Holy Ghost is living in you because He destroys the yoke. The only way is if you say, okay, just tie my hands back up, devil. Here, I'll open the door. Let me kick the door open. Now, you just come on in. Now, you can do that by various actions because you voluntarily enter into a contract with the enemy. But really, the devil has no authority, he has no right, and he has no power to hold you in contempt and to hold you in bondage because the anointing oil destroys the yoke. And like old brother Norman Parrish, he's passed on now. He'd be about 100 years old if he was alive. He taught me down in Central America... I preached to pastors from 11 countries, about 200 pastors, back in 1994. Pastor Ken went with me as my sidekick, and I prophesied over pastors, laid hands on them, 
God destroyed some yokes away from those pastors. And I was, I was the youngest one there almost. I was young back then. Hey, that was 28 years ago. I was, what, 36 years old. Anybody here 36 yet? Oh, most of us are older, but, yeah. But, you know, do you remember what it was like to be 36? I do. I, I had a lot of vigor, had a lot of hair, had a lot of life. I still got life, though. I'm excited today. Uh, but, you know, that he taught me, he said, you know, what he would do is he'd put the left hand on the neck. He said he would spiritually, he did a lot of deliverance. He said he had put his left hand on the neck where the yoke would be placed. I'll ask you a question right now. How many of you have suffered headaches? Okay, I know my sister used to back there. You know what? I'm going, if you're willing, I'm going to anoint you today. And you know what? The headaches are going away. You know why? See, the headache comes, the devil wants to debilitate you because if he can have a yoke on your neck, that's the base of the skull where your brain is that sends out signals through the nerves to every part of your body. If you've got a, a hurting right knee, is a knee really hurting or is it that the brain is telling the knee that it's hurting. See? What happens? People take a pain pill. Oh, man, that pain goes away. Yeah, but so does your ability to make decisions <laughs> or drive. You shouldn't be driving if you're taking, you know, a hydrocodone. You know, that thing will put you down and put you under, you know. Now, some people, they need pain management, so to speak. Others have a greater tolerance to pain. But you see what happens Sometimes there is a yoke that's placed upon a person. Sometimes through generational curses, you've gotten born again and you don't know why you're still having trouble in a certain area or dealing with something. But a lot of times it's because you were marked three generations back by your grandparents because they had certain things that was passed down through the family tree. Then there's other things that when you were a little boy or a little girl that somebody abused you physically, verbally, or sometimes even sexually. And then there's a contamination, see, in the mind. And if you were never prayed over and delivered of that, then the enemy keeps coming back at you and saying, you're not worthy. That was your fault. Or... You know, you're no good. See, the enemy will lie to people and will come against you. And so there's a variety of things that the devil tries to pass down. There is a lot of power in the brain. It's, it's the thing that can release different things, oxytocin, serotonin, uh, all those other onins and inins and everything else, you know that can literally send healing signals to parts of your body to tell you that you're going to heal. And so then it releases the ingredients in your chemistry to bring healing to your body. There's no reason. We were created for our bodies to heal itself. 
But when the devil came in, mankind fell into sin, then there came weaknesses. And so we're believing that the anointing oil today can deliver. I prayed over a lady that had Crohn's disease. Or was it uh, lupus? I think it was lupus. I did pray over a lady that had Crohn's. That was uh, in Miami. And she got a touch from God and got healed. I prayed over a lady in Pennsylvania. I went to see my friend Roger Horn, and their church was putting on a special Christmas drama. And I went up and saw him. He had me come in and pray for the whole cast and minister to them in a rehearsal deal. And then his secretary, he said, Hey, Kev, said she has lupus. Said, I know God's been using you with healing a lot. I said, Well, let me pray for her. And I did what Norman Parrish had taught me. And I put the left hand on her neck. I put my right hand on her forehead because in the left hand they used to curse in the Old Testament days. Right hand, when they would say a blessing, they'd raise the right hand like a swearing. When you go to court, whether they say, raise your right hand, put your, I don't know if they still make you put your hand on the Bible. They might make you put it on your nose for all I know. But anyway, they pray. I prayed over her that way, and I said, the anointing destroys the yoke of lupus today. And I release by the power of Jesus Christ and the stripes on his back for healing to come to you. And she got zapped. I mean, it's like a current of electricity. Just got a hold of her. And she went back to the doctor, and that lupus was gone. And then on a Wednesday night, Mike Beckencourt's mom, Diana, came. She was right up here. I can show you exactly where she was standing, right here. And I laid hands on her, and some other people came around and laid hands, and I did that and laid my hands on her that way. She had lupus, and I think all the symptoms are gone. She, she said that they left. See, God can take away the pain, the symptoms, and even the cause, and cause regeneration. That's why every time that I pray for Stephanie, and I'm going to pray for her today, she feels better for two or three days. We just got to anoint her every time we see her because God wants to destroy that osteoporosis and cause her bones to begin to regenerate. Hallelujah. Do you believe that with me? Well, it is the power of God. Now in James chapter 5 and verse 13 it says, is anyone among you suffering? I just asked how many of y'all suffered headaches a lot. I remember when Carol used to have migraines, and I had it. That's a generational thing, Alicia. I don't know where it came from, but it hit us, and then it hit you. And, you know, it doesn't have to remain. We can take authority over that thing. And I remember when it happened for me, and it was, you know, I faced that devil tried to suffer suffocate me in the middle of the night this old sinewy thing it had red eyes and had its hands around my neck and I whispered the name Jesus I couldn't even speak that thing left my room there's a shadow on the wall went right through the glass doors of our bedroom Lucia didn't even wake up I was panting like Lord what was that he said that was a spirit of death that came to prematurely end your ministry in your life. 
I could have died in the middle of the night if I hadn't said Jesus. And they would have took me to the hospital and said, well, you know, we, there's no real cause. I was 33 years old, and I had to battle it. But once I battled it and faced my enemy, it left, and it never has returned, and I rarely have a headache. You know, if I do, it's because I slept wrong or something. But it's not the migraine headaches that where you can't even have light, you got to lay in total darkness, no noise, and don't even move. If you move, it's like somebody just hit all the cymbals on a drum set. Yeah. But anyway, is anybody among you suffering? Let him pray. How many pray when you suffer? Is anyone cheerful? Well, yeah, I'm cheerful today. Well, let him sing psalms. Uh, next verse. Is anyone among you sick? Well, let him call for the elders of the church. That's the ones that are ordained ministers here. Call for the elders and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up and if he has committed sins he will be forgiven Woo. confess your trespasses to one another not to everybody you do that and some blabbermouth will be out talking about you all week but trespasses to one another. You find somebody you can trust that you may be healed after you pray for one another. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You find somebody you know is righteous. They're not perfect, but they're right. You know they're right with God. And you ask them to agree with you and pray for you. And you can be healed. You can be saved. Why did it say, and he would save the sick? Well, because so much of the time, how many illnesses are connected to the soul realm? They're connected to different things. You know, some people have different phobias, is what psychology calls it, different fears and different things that attack the mind. And so they battle the enemies of the mind. Paul wrote in Colossians, the only thing that separates you from God is, are the enemies of your mind. See, it's not anything else. It's enemies that are attacking your mind. You know what you got to do? He said, resist the devil. Humble yourself before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And then you lift up your, your heart to him, and he will grab you and pull you and raise you up to a higher place in him, to where you're safe. So when you got an enemy of the mind, resist him. Say, I resist that thought right now in Jesus' name. I am not a loser. You get out of here. I am not a sinner anymore. God forgave me because of the blood of Jesus. He'll try to bring up things that happened 25 years ago and 10 years ago and things like that. People can't let go of anything well, you got to let go or you won't go forward. You'll be hung up. Well, anyway, that's how that works. And then my last scripture, can you believe it? Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come to me. Now, these are the words of Jesus Christ. And what is he saying? He says, Come to me, 
That's a command. It's not a question. Will you come to me? No. He just says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Man, sometimes it's a pain and a chore. Sometimes you don't even want to be around anybody. Sometimes you don't get along with somebody in your family. You don't want to be around them. You're laboring. You don't want to go to work or whatever it is. You're just laboring. Your life doesn't seem to be uh, a joy. But he says, if you'll come to me, if you're like that, I will give you rest. Take my yoke. See, his yoke is different than the yoke of the devil. The yoke of the devil is put on you to try to control you. The yoke of Jesus, it allows you to walk in freedom, and you're yoked with him. Well, what is Jesus about? Sarah, he's about power. He's about love. He's about peace. Lois, he's about righteousness. He's about demonstrating to the world that there is salvation for them in their lives. What a fun thing. I just have so much fun living for God. I love to go places, you know, uh, and sometimes yell things. I'm sorry, I do that. Nelson used to see me across the parking lot and say, Hallelujah, Pastor Kevin McAnulty. Remember that? And I'd yell back, Nelson David Lloyd, because that's his full name. I like saying it that way. That's cool, isn't it? Amen. Well, anyway, I'd drive by that strip club down on old on US-1, Josh, and I'd be driving. I'd have some kids in the car with me. I'd, roll. I'd say, watch this. Zach was little. I'd say, watch this. I'd unroll the window, and I'd say, and I'd see some guy getting out of the car to go in the strip club. I'd say, don't do it. <laughs> the guy would look around. Who's that? I said, what if your mother saw you? Boy, you could see it. I'd say, Lord, break that yoke off that man. I'd drive by these places. I'd say, shut them down in Jesus' name. You know, my wife and I saw a house one time that we kind of liked out 60. And they, they had the call of the wild there. Now I know why they call it the call of the wild, because they got the pony club there now. Those are some wild people. But, you know, how many live past that? You live past that. You know, when you drive by there, just reach your hand towards it and say, in the name of Jesus, we command you to close. They had that other nightclub on my road, and I go by there, I'd say, I command you to close and make it into a flea market in Jesus' name. I said that for I don't know how long, maybe two years. Finally, it closed. And then the next thing you know, Tyler, what they do? They turn it into a flea market. I go in there quite often now. It don't look anything like a nightclub now. We have authority. We have an ability under the anointing to influence this world. We really do. And so that's why I said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He is the Word of God. So guess what? You've got to learn some things from the Word of God. That will teach you how to live, teach you how to overcome, teach you how to have the victory. He said, take my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, 
That doesn't mean he's low, like depressed. That means he's humble. Jesus didn't have to be flashy. All the people just came to him. Why? Because he, he didn't have no big religious agenda. He just ministered to the people. Then they would throng him. They would just overcome him. But he said, For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You know, people get discouraged and depressed, and sometimes they just get up and pace back and forth. They just don't know what to do. They just can't seem to get any peace. He says, hey, take my yoke, and you become like me. Become humble. Become easygoing. Become gentle. Don't be adversarial. Don't talk down on people. Don't bark at people. Don't be mad at everybody under the sun. Be nice. You want friends? Be friendly. You reap what you sow, see? He says, but if you'll be this way, you're going to find rest. He didn't say for your body. He said for your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your thought life. You'll have rest in your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. i tell you what. I've had people come at me, try to attack me when I would minister places sometimes. And in the United States, it doesn't happen quite as much, although I had this guy from the Bahamas run in one night during the revival. I was taking the offering, and I was just standing there, and this guy comes in, and he looked wild. And he run down the aisle. I was thinking, my goodness, God, what on earth am I going to do? This guy, he's coming right down that aisle pretty fast. I mean, in a matter of seconds. You know, you're smiling, trying to talk about the offering. You see this guy, uh-oh. You know, I'm wondering, am I going to have to block him? Am I going to have to, like a you know, bullfighter, sidestep him? What am I going to do, Eddie? Well, he got about the second row, and I'm standing there, and he falls on his face. I mean, the Spirit of God hit him. He couldn't even get close to me hardly. He got close enough, Brother Steve, just to reach out and grab my feet. And I'm looking down. This guy's got my feet. And he looks up and he says, save me. Please help me. Save me. And I reached down. I said, grab my hands, brother. And I grabbed him, got him on his feet. And I said, you want to be saved? He said, yes. I said, how many more are here tonight need to be saved? Nine people got up and came forward. I led ten people to the Lord that night. I wasn't even the speaker. Brother Gorman was going to preach that night. And I led them all to the Lord. And this Bohemian brother got saved. How awesome is that? He just was driving by. Something compelled him to come in. And he ran in and he knew if he could get up here, he needed to be saved blows my mind how God works. Sometimes we're so cotton-picking intellectual, we try to figure everything out, you know, by some kind of thematic formula, some kind of, you know, special ingredients, or you got to do things a certain way. I'm just going to do it like the Bible says. I want some of the elders of the church to come, if they would. 
How about Pastor Ken, Pastor Zach, if you're not busy? You got somebody there? All right, you come. How about Sister Virginia? That's, there's four of us. How about one more? Let's get another female. Sister Tara, won't you come down here? All right. And then I want you to take this oil, Pastor Ken. He's my helper. All right. You stand over there on that side. All right. Everybody, especially, has had headache issues. I want you to stand up right now. You know what? We're not going to try to make you do anything unusual. I'm not going to knock you on the floor or nothing like that. We're just going to anoint you and pray for you. Come on down here. Come on down here. And uh, we're going to anoint you. Pastor Ken's going to put a little anointing oil on you. And Lord, help her. Yeah. Well, you know what? Do you need somebody to help you back in the chair? Okay, we'll let you do it. All right, everybody else, come on up here like you were done. We're not going to make Stephanie a sideshow here. We're going to let her at her leisure with Pastor Ken. You do whatever you need to do, Pastor Ken. Take the oil, Tara, and put it on these people, everyone. Devil, you're not going to get no glory by making her fall out of her chair. We just bind that in the name of Jesus. Because you know, every time we anoint her and pray for her, she gets a touch from God. And we're not putting up with that. Yeah. Glory. You had a pretty good football move there, didn't you? You could have taken out a running back the way you went over. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, everybody agree with us for her. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, we bind. Let's focus on her first before we pray for anybody else. But we just agree that there will be no pain in her head right now. We just command any yoke to be destroyed off of you, Stephanie. And we thank God that you are not even going to be sore from falling out of that chair. We thank God that you were able to get up on your own. And we ask God to touch the pain in your body and take it away. And we ask you, Lord, to anoint this body, anoint these hips, anoint these bones to begin to regenerate by the power of Almighty God right now. Let her have a successful Sunday. And devil, you will not cause fear to come on her that anything bad has happened. All right, let's just step in and start praying over them. Put your left hand on their neck, the right hand on the forehead, and pray for God to deliver them from anything. I'll just pray for this couple right here in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the Silkwoods, Lord, that you're going to take away. I tell you what, Josh and John and, and Tyler, y'all come up here, Brother Sherman, Brother Dave, come up. Just stand behind, just to, in case, just be right behind them with your hands lightly outstretched in case we just want to be careful thank you lord take away the pain headaches never return in the name of jesus christ thank you god we're going to see some results thank you for my brother lord i thank you you're going to take the pain away you're going to deliver him from anything that's 
just not right in his body. If there's any vertebrae or discs that need to be touched, you can correct it and allow strength to remain in him. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Pastor Ken, pray for our sister right here. I've started here. In the name of Jesus Christ, we believe and thank God for it. Thank you, Lord, for my neighbor, sister, spiritual daughter. In the name of Jesus, touch Sierra. Take headaches away. Take pain away. Deliver her from these stresses and these things that would attack her. In the mighty name of Jesus, allow peace and rest and joy to come upon her. In your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for Larry. Touch him, Lord, right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind up any attack of the devil, and we release, Lord, your touch upon him. Take these headaches away. Yes, oh God. Thank you, Lord. You are an awesome and a great God. And we believe right now for complete healing. Touch. Touch Sister Betty right now, Lord. Yes, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Just release, Lord. Release. Take stress away right now, God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Yes, Jesus. You're a great God. You are a great God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How you feeling, Stephanie? Maybe God straightened something out when you fell over there and hit that wall. You know, it could happen that way. Something that you think the devil's doing it and the Lord allows it because he did something. Yeah, yeah. She's standing up. Hallelujah. Glory. Yeah. No more pain in the middle of the night. Let her sleep normal. Everybody stand up and lift your hands towards heaven right now. Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for the opportunity we had to come to church today, worship together, pray together, receive from you together, Lord. Be with each one as they go about your business this week and let them walk with you and be blessed by you in every way. For they are the head and not the tail. They're the blessed and not the cursed. They're the redeemed of the Lord, and they can say so, sharing the word of God with others, so much so that it, they can taste and see that the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. And everybody said, Amen. Well, just turn to somebody, greet them. There might be four or five that you can greet in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You need prayer? Okay. I'm just going to.